are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. God wants to use you. I wonder if you could say it personally, God wants to use me. God wants to use me. I wonder, can we say it with conviction together? Ready, begin. God wants to use me. God does want to use you. I don't care how talented or how non-talented we are, how ignorant, how educated, how rich, how poor, how young, how old. God wants to use you. God wants to use every child in this room tonight. God wants to use every teenager in this room tonight. God wants to use every young man and every young lady that are here on the campus of Golden State Baptist God. God wants to use you. God wants to use every deacon, every usher, every Sunday school teacher, every bus driver, every nursery worker. God, tonight, he wants to use you. We have a perfect example of Jesus coming to see a man, and his name was Matthew. And he said, Matthew, I want to call you to become my servant. And I want to say tonight that God still calls. Here on this last Sunday night of September in 2019, I'm convinced if we would listen, there's somebody in this room or perhaps many, several somebodies that God's going to speak to tonight. It may not be this message. It may have been your mother or your father or family devotions. It may have been a faculty member or a professor this week or a preacher that's come by. It may have been in a high school chapel or elementary chapel, but God's been gnawing at your heart, dealing with your heart. And tonight, tonight, say, I surrender all. Bob Hughes was a great missionary, but still young. He was doing such amazing work in the Philippines. Bob Hughes, all of a sudden cancer came and he came back to the States and said, I'll be gone soon. And he was. But he said, I'm here to plead with you young boys and you young girls in particular. Would you go to the Philippines? Would you go? The harvest is ripe and the harvest, the, the fields are ripe and the harvest. Would you go? And a young man was sitting next to a girl. They were going to be married. And he said, Becky, they're on the campus of Hiles Anderson College. He said, Becky, we're going to the Philippines. And Rick Martin has spent the last 43 years of his life. He's established 16 Bible colleges. You built them that huge auditorium, and every Sunday they have 10,000 in that building. And they've started over 1,000 churches. And I thank God for what's happened. And the man's had malaria so many times and just been hospitalized. What was on the verge of death. And God raised up and he said it from this pulpit. I can say it, he's less now, but 138 pounds. He said, I'll never come back to the States. He may be watching now. He'll die on the mission field. But I remember the last time he preached here. He didn't preach with any antics or any uh, real, what you say, uh, uh, enthusiasm, but he didn't need it. 
I'll never forget that invitation in the college chapel. He had preached maybe 15 minutes, and you just heard a brokenness in his heart, in his voice. He's just so broken for the Filipinos. I said, young people, that morning we didn't plan it, but oh, how God got in that invitation that morning. And one by one they kept coming saying, I surrender all. Our Lord comes to this man by the name of, uh, of Levi or Matthew. And I want you to know who Jesus reached. The Bible says in verse number 27, after these things he went forth and saw a publican. Now what is a publican? A publican was the man or the people that handled the money. They were the tax collectors. And here he would go for the Roman Empire and represent them, and he went down to the seaport. And as the ships were coming in, what well, we just saw in this previous chapter where Peter was coming in with the ships. And he would tax them right on the spot, and he'd make them, give them the money to take back to the Roman Empire. Publicans were not enjoyed people. Look, if you go back to chapter 3, chapter 3 and verse number 12. And when the publicans, and he came to the publicans to be baptized, he said unto him, Master, what shall we do? Watch what the publicans do. And he said unto them, exact no more than that is appointed to you. You know what those publicans would do? They'd line their pockets. Uh, the fish, that's going to cost you, that shipload right there is going to cost you $1,500. Now, I want it made out in a receipt to the Roman Empire, but I want 400 in cash for me. The publicans were known as thieves. They ripped people off and stole, but they were the government. What are you going to do? It's sort of like fighting the IRS. Good luck with that. And here our Lord Jesus comes in verse number 27. He saw this publican, this rip-off artist named Levi who was called Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom. He was sitting right there. He had made a little booth by the seaport while these ships were coming in. Said, I take, I'll take the money for Caesar and I'll take the money for me. I don't know if you would want him on your cabinet. But Jesus saw what the crowd could not see. And all of a sudden, Jesus took time for this publican. I want to challenge us to take time for everybody this week. Take time for the rip-off artist. Take time for the poor, the lame, the halt. Take time for the rich. Take time for everybody. On the pathway of life, let us be kind to every single person we see. Our Lord, he calls him. Notice, why would you call him? And he said unto him, Two words, verse 20, 27. What are the last two words, church? Join up with me. No more taxes. No more ripping off these people. Follow me. You know, you wonder, sometimes this person looks so hard, it's so difficult to reach. But perhaps he was tired of this work too. I'm tired of being a thief. I'm tired of weep, uh, ripping people off. 
I, I saw that little lady come with her little children and the, the ships were coming in. And I saw her husband and all of a sudden, I asked him for more money than really Caesar or the Roman Empire wanted. And I said, give me more money. And I happened to just turn and I saw his little wife and those little children. And I thought, I'm taking money out of their mouths. I wonder if he was under conviction already. Because Jesus said, you don't have to do this anymore. Follow me. Follow me. Oh, what are you going to go after in life today? See, everybody's joined up with something. What are you joined up with? Is it business? Is it money? Is it the future? Is it retirement? Is it position? Is it hobbies? Is it houses? Is it land? What, everybody's joined up? Young, young, young man, this is an opportunity to serve God in these last moments before eternity. What are you joined up with? Don't waste your life. I tell you why, I, I, I know it dates me and I, you know how old I am, so I have to leave it with you there. But I looked at that cue card this week of September, September the 20th, 1969. And I saw in Platteville, Wisconsin, that day, the music I'd be leading in that church as we opened it up. That little, little church house, wedged between these houses and that little town of Platteville, a college town. I remember that, that was 50 years ago this last week. And then I remember they said, Jack, we're gonna move you over to Sun Prairie, Wisconsin to work for Dr. Anderson for the next ex, 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 several months. And I, I showed up on a Sunday night and they said, practice the choir. And they said, the first song the choir is gonna sing, and it would not be a revival song now at all, but they said, you're gonna lead the song out of the ivory palaces. Hey, you're gonna lead the singing in this church tonight. Oh, I tell you what, I had such a thrill being involved in the work of God. And they called me in and they said, hey, Jack, you're going to Illinois, rock for Illinois and you're gonna be a janitor. And you're gonna be a music man and then after God, they became the bus man too. I'll never forget those days. I met that pastor, oh, a love for him right off the bat. His wife had just died, October the 4th, 1970. I went to work for Pastor Swanson. i tell you what, after that first Sunday, I thought, I want to do this the rest of my life. It's been 50 years now. I am so sick and tired. Everywhere I've gone to preach in the last many years, they'll say, what's your exit strategy? How, how are you going to exit the ministry? That was never, when I came, that was never part of the talking of man's uh, voice. How are you going to exit? And I know all that. I know I'll be too old one. I know all that. How are you going to exit? How do you preach knowing you're going to exit? I recall what an old preacher said, oh, maybe 150 years ago, your ministry, your, uh, your life should exit the stage together. 
I said to a preacher, he, when are you going to exit? How are you going to exit? How, what's your exit strategy? I said, what's yours? He said, 60 years old, I'm done. I'll be 60 years old, I'm out of here. I said, what are you going to do? He goes, golf every day of my life. You've got to be kidding me. I saw a preacher, I was at a meeting, and I had five preachers before I preached, said, what's your exit strategy? What's your exit strategy? How are you going to leave? What's next? What are you going to do? And, and, and one fellow said, I am so sick and tired of trying to work with these millennials. He said, I, I don't know how to relate to them. How do you relate to them? I said, I'll tell you what, I've never thought about it. I just preach the word. How do you relate to millennials? How do you relate to millennials? What's your exit strategy? And I tell you what, God calls. He called, he called Matthew and always said, follow me. I've been following, I love it. I tell you what, don't, I don't know where you are in your life, but I'm hanging on to every single service, every single song. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying these men preaching. I want to have be preached too. And you'll hear more of them. I thank God for that. But the exit strategy, why in the world would you go to church with an exit strategy? Same thing, it's, it's, that's big right now. Another thing is, it's everywhere. I go to a meeting, I hear it. Oh, the stress we're under in the ministry. The stress we're under. The stress. The stress we're under. I'm glad I don't know how to do the Facebook thing. Because I doubt if I knew how to do it, there'd be a lot of reports about been fasting. I don't think you have to advertise all that. Been fasting, been soul winning, been started a new bus route. My wife and I and the pastor of the church, we took it. I hear things like, gotta get away. I know we've got great pastors, and I'm talking to you for a minute. I know we have great pastors and great missionaries that listen, but there's a whole crowd out there beyond these great men and women of God. They're doing everything but working in the work of God. They're golfing, they're hunting, they're fishing, they're on vacation, they're running. They're going on mission trips to do some more hunting. I don't really know that many guys that are dying because they're just exhausted in the mission. We're having every, all, all the things that, well, we got all these military guys killing themselves. We got all these preachers now that are killing themselves. I, I want to tell you, that's a way of life. It always has been a way of life. But you say, well, why are preachers so stressed? Because they're not doing much. Get over this. Matthew was ripping people off and the king of kings said follow me he said i'm in you get a sunday school class don't have an exit strategy you get a bus route don't have an exit strategy got to take care of all that who's the next man it's probably not going to be a man it's going to be someone from hobby lobby Verse 28, I want you to read it with me. Will you read it? Verse 28, ready? Begin. And he left all. See, there's immediacy. It's immediate. I, I want to I get out of this business. I want to get in God's business. 
I want to be involved in the work of God. Oh, young boys that are here in college, what an opportunity to sit in a classroom and hear by men and women of God and get all you can get and come to class tomorrow morning. So I'm so tired. No nonsense. Get up. Get your heart ready, ready to go to class and learn something every day and let God speak to your heart. He left all. He left all. We sing in our songbook all to Jesus. I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I I surrender all. That's what Matthew did. I left it all. Isn't it amazing how we all grow at different different speeds? You never find Matthew after this going back. But just earlier, two weeks ago, we saw Peter went back. He left his nets. But two weeks later, he went back to the nets. But you know what? Peter was growing. The next time he left his nets, and he never went back. Peter was impetuous. Peter lopped off the ear of a man. Jesus says, you don't have to do that. We don't, we don't deal with the situation that way. Peter was so, I'll never deny you. But before the night was over, he was cussing. You know, some folks grow a little bit different. But God used him in Acts chapter 2, the power of Pentecost and 3,000 were saved. But this man, I think there should be some in this room tonight that says, I'm just going to leave it all. I'm going to stop clinging to my, my checkbook. I'm going to mess everything I can while I have these last opportunities and the work of God. I'm praying fervently that God would, in a mighty, mighty way, in an unusual manner, would have to say it's the Lord, and he's done it for 44 years, but shower down his financial blessings like we've never seen before. I'd like God to see this place as a soul winning, separated, serving place, a sending station, and say, there's a place I can bless. The man that wrote this was born in 1855. You know the college, it's a very famous right-wing school to this day. It's a Baptist school, but uh, it's a political school now, Hillsdale College. He went there. And at Hillsdale, you hear it on the radio all the time, the advertisement for, advertisement for Hillsdale College and constitutional law and constitutional history and the, the Federalist Papers and Americanism. It's an amazing situation. I don't know much about how to take classes online, but I do know that they offer some amazing, amazing classes. And he went to Hillsdale. He uh, received a degree in art. Oh, he could paint and draw. That man became certified and he began to teach in the public schools and then the university. And R.A. Torrey came to town. And he knew music. He was leading the music for R.A. Torrey. Torrey was preaching, who was Billy's, who was D.L. Moody's assistant. And he was preaching and he said, I, I want to challenge you 
give your life to God and just surrender all. Surrender your all to God. And he went home and he gave up his teaching career. They gave up the art. And he said, I'm going to serve God the rest of my life. And he wrote this song, All to Jesus I Surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior, holy thine. May the Holy Spirit fill me. May I know the power divine. I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord. I give myself to thee. Tonight in closing, can't we have some folks say, I'm in. I'm all the way in this thing. I'll be the one that carries this ministry in prayer. I'll be the one that helps carry this ministry financially. I'll be the one that helps to carry this ministry, the bus ministry. There ought to be an army of you that just breathe hope into that young man. My father-in-law said to me, Jack, we have four buses. They're running 78 people. I've got the records in my office to this day. He said, I want those four buses running and going and fill them up. Within a year, we had uh, uh, 13 buses God gave us miraculously. And hundreds were coming. It was an exciting moment in the history of that church. But I tell you what, you say, well, Jack, Trevor, you look what you did. Oh, no. I had an army of people in that church that cared for me, gave me a place to live. They fed me. They cared for me. They fixed my automobile. They encouraged me. I was at that church at an amazing time where they gave me the junior church choir, the high school choir, which became an amazing choir. We toured in a bus all over the Midwest, a scenic cruiser, and God gave us the adult choir, and God gave us that bus ministry, and the church was exploding. Why? Because I tell you, there's an army of people that believed, a young kid that did not believe that God could use him. He was a stutter and a stammer and afraid and weak. You people never know how important you are to these people. God uses you to bless them. That blesses me. God uses you to bless these school teachers. That blesses me. I love it when I see you being good to them. And he left all, rose up. Wait a minute. He sealed it publicly, verse 29. And Levi, who was Matthew, made a great feast in his own house. There's a great company of publicans and others sat down with them. His other ripoffs artists, they came. And they said, I'm going to make a banquet. I've got enough money. I've ripped off enough people. But I want publicly this world to know. I want this world to know I'm in both feet with Jesus. He made it public. Boys, when you go into the ministry, elementary boys and high school boys and college boys, it's one thing to say some things that you believe, but then you're publicly going to have to stand for what you believe. And it's not, you think it's so fun, it's not fun at all. And you have to deal with those things. And sometimes there's misunderstandings and there's hurt. Matthew said here, I, I want to give a feast because I want you to know I'm not coming back here. Today I went back to that house, but I don't go there anymore. 
I don't need to go there. I'm a different man. And Matthew became a different man. What does God want you to do tonight? I think you ought to come and pray with someone and fill out a card and say, tonight, I'm saying yes to the ministry. I'm saying yes to whatever God is speaking to you. See, God wants to use you. We sing that song, Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. I look at our lives together. I'm shocked. I'm just shocked. And I'm not humble. Perhaps the most proud here, I don't know. But I honestly knew I had nothing of quality to offer God. I didn't have any talent. But you know, there was something in this heart. I wanted to serve him. I wanted that job of the janitor. I wanted it. I loved it. And, and I wanted the elementary choir. And I wanted the high school choir. And I wanted to lay in the snow uh, with a cardboard box down on the ground on my back and fix those motors. I wanted that. And I wanted to find a gas station. We did and move the buses over there. I, I wanted to wash those buses in the winter and get that salt off. I wanted to do that. And I wanted to go door to door and knock on doors. And I wanted that. And I wanted God to bring me here. And God did. I tell you what, no, nothing good of, in my hand I bring simply to thy cross. I cling God. If God could use my, in my life, God could use you. Amen. But God wants all of you. I'll give him a part of you. It has to be I, tonight, surrender all. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.